podcasting from a town called Manalapan, New Jersey. This is That Oneness Guy, a podcast covering the many aspects and elements that embody oneness. I am your host, Danny Rongo. And yes, I am that oneness guy. As an author, a singer, a songwriter, and a podcaster, I continue to share my message of oneness. So, my friends, as I always say, let's get right into podcasting. If you've been following along here in season four, you know that I've had some really cool, engaging, and inspiring chats with my guests. These humanitarians, as I like to call them, all share their passion and insight as social media, social media influencers, radio hosts, uh, holistic advocates uh, for charitable organizations, and also fellow spiritual authors. These individuals are taking measures to help society to help me, to help you, and to help our world in general, and to add awareness to the constant rise in oneness that we're all getting to witness. They accomplish this through their words, their message, and their actions. And my guest for this latest episode falls perfectly into those categories. Let me tell you a little about John Henry. John Henry is a radical remission certified instructor a lifelong educator, and currently develops and leads training programs in his role as a STEAM and sustainable school specialist at the New Jersey School Boards Association. After John learned he had hairy cell leukemia in 2014, he applied the radical remission factors and was able to stabilize his condition. He is currently collaborating with Healthy Life NJ, an organization whose mission is to support educate and raise funds for late stage cancer patients seeking integrative and complementary treatments. He is also compassionately helping others, yours truly included, who have been recently diagnosed with cancer so they know and understand complementary options do exist and to guide them through their healing journey. Now, my friends, that's the kind of, if you want to call it business side of John. Now I want to tell you about personal side, okay? John has been a friend of my family, specifically my brother, Frankie, who we graduated high school with. Uh, uh, He's been a friend of ours for about 50 years, okay? I've always known John as, first of all, a badass athlete (laughs) and one of the best looking guys Ever to roam the high, ever to roam the halls of Bricktown Javai School. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that coming. I did not. <laughs> and but listen, most importantly, he's that guy who will do anything for you and at the drop of a dime. And that is and that's why, my friends, that he's my guest here tonight. Um, for those not aware, I was recently diagnosed with throat cancer. And when my brother Frankie heard my news. The first thing he said was, I'm getting you in touch with John Henry. And like John, John actually contacted me immediately. All right. And from our very first chat, I was hugely inspired. I was I was inspired from his insight as a cancer survivor, coupled with a level of compassion that is really unrivaled. I was sold, as they say, to have John be a point person on my team as I start my journey of healing. Um. And before I introduce him, just let me say that my chosen method to combat this is to follow the pan, is to actually follow the plan put in place by my homeopathic practitioner that my wife and I have been under the care of for 20 years. All right. And that 
and to also ramp up my meditations to actually continue, obviously continue, I should say, with my holistic and spiritual way of life and to include a radical diet change. Now, this is all opposed to the advice from the medical community that included radiation, chemotherapy, and a feeding tube. Now, I want to follow up that statement with a disclaimer, okay, that I do not condemn the medical advice that I received, all right? It just doesn't serve my higher self and purpose. I just wanted to make that clear. I'm not condemning any advice. I just know it doesn't work for me. And that is why my guest is here, okay? So my friends in oneness, please say hello to my dear friend, John Henry. Hello there, Mr. John. Danny, it's so good to see you. And thank you for those kind words. It's great to be here tonight. And yes, there's some of the things you just said, we're going to get into a little bit more in depth, but it, thank you so much, Danny. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help not only you or anybody else who is going through a rough time and a chronic illness and in particular cancer, as I went through it myself. And it's like so, we've been talking about, John, like just to be able to offer any, any, any kind of, uh, you know, just healing thoughts, like, and obviously like what you do, it goes so beyond that. But, uh, you know, like, as I told you, you know, I was pretty much, as they say, like scared to death, right. As I'm sure that, that you were. So with that said, why don't you start us off, John, tell us, you know, tell us your story again. I know that I've heard it, but I know that my listeners are going to love to hear it. So Take it away. Yeah, I'll start out by by saying uh, in around 2014, 15, I was diagnosed with a, a rare uh, type of leukemia called hairy cell leukemia. And I was pretty symptomatic at the time. And I, it was a couple of years that I was going back and forth to the doctors and telling the doctors that I was, I'm not feeling well. And they would do tests and they didn't see anything. And I even went to a hematologist and they told me, well, your white blood cell counts are low, but that might just be you. You know, it might just be mm-hmm. your normal. And uh, let me, let me say this too: be persistent. If you think you got something wrong, you know, your body best. Right. And I was persistent. I was a little frustrated too, because I needed to know what was going on with me. And they, they even wanted to put me on the, you know, antidepressant pills. And, and, and I was like, that's, that's not me. So um, this went on for a little while. I finally talked my primary doctor into going to the MD Anderson Cancer Center where they recommended a really good hematologist and hemodial- I saw the hematologist and he said, look, he said, you do have symptoms. You do have a little low white blood cells. Let's, let's do a bone marrow biopsy. I wasn't a real fan of the bone, mar- bone marrow biopsy, but I did it. I needed to know. About 10 days, 10 days later, I got the phone call that I was actually in my office. And, and Danny, you mentioned that you were scared I was upset when I got the phone call, but at least I knew what I was dealing with. Before that, I did not. So um, for the first six months or so, I was really, I don't even know what leukemia was. I mean, I knew generally what it was, but I, I didn't, certainly didn't, wasn't the expert on how to deal with it. And, you know, you, you do the traditional route, you know, you go through the oncologists and and they tell you what your options are. And they told me, well, you know, you can wait and watch or you can jump into chemotherapy, which I was not a fan of that either. Did not want to do chemotherapy. And again, you mentioned it before. You need the medical team on your side, the traditional medical. It's not like I'm, I'm, a, fan, I'm a fan of theirs. They do great things. 
when you break an arm, you know, you need surgery, you want them in your, on your team. But what I did discover is that they were not sharing with me some of the complimentary uh, options that I later became to know. Um, and that was kind of a little disturbing for me. So about six months into it, and here's where it really gets great. About six months into it, I, I uh, met with my hematologist and he knew that I was getting more educated about what was going on. So he saw that I was also getting frustrated because in his camp, he really couldn't go any further with information to me. And then then one of our last, well, uh, during that visit, at the very end of the visit, he said, look, I want you to get a book by Dr. Kelly Turner. It's called Radical Remission, Surviving Cancer Against All Odds. And I wrote it down. I had my notepad. I was trying to be a good student here. And I I left the office and, and I looked up the book. And I, I immediately ordered a book and I, I got it. What was amazing about uh, Radical Remission Surviving Cancer Against All Odds is Dr. Turner did just an absolutely wonderful thing. She discovered that people were, were being, well, they had spontaneous remissions, right? And she was like, well, what's spontaneous about it? So what she did is she started to research why they were spontaneous. And then what she found out that they really weren't spontaneous at all. They were people who were doing things after they were sent home on and on many of them on hospice. And they said, nope, we have nothing else we can do. We just put you through radiation, chemotherapy and, and surgery, and we have nothing else we can do. So she went on a, a she did a 10 year research project. She interviewed a lot of patients around the world and she found out that they were doing all of them, well, a lot of them were doing like maybe 75 or 78 things in the, in the complementary or the alternative, but she found out that all of them did. And originally it was nine healing factors. And then she has a new book that came out called radical hope. And there was a 10th factor and it was exercise because a lot of the patients were unable to exercise at the time because they just were too weak from, you know, there was, they were just too weak from mm-hmm. all the treatment sure. they were going through and cancer sure. that they had. So I immediately looked at that. And, and let me let me just tell you what the healing factors are. And let me get that out of the way. Please, first please because, do. Yeah, because I'm going to be listing them too. Yeah. And, and so what's really great about these is they're all science-based. So everything that I'm going to tell you here is backed with. And in the book, they go over each healing factor. There are stories from uh, survivors in the book. And then there's science and, and then action steps that you can do. So the book is, you know what, to be honest with you, this is a great read for almost anyone. Just if you want to just improve your health and wellness in general, why wait until you get a diagnosis? But if you do, I would strongly recommend this book. So the 10 healing factors are, you know, feel more empowered with your health, which is really taking control of your life. Do not be a victim. Do not just listen to just anyone and just go blindly into this. This is empowering yourself to take action. And so going back, and again, I'm going to kind of side note a lot of stuff here and hang with me a little bit on this. So the one great thing that you can do if you get a diagnosis is, you know, yeah, you're going to be scared and you're going to be into fear, but get into action. You got to be doing stuff. And so what resources out there, and there are a lot of them, do is empower you to take action right? You might not know all the great things that there are out there at first. And how could you? Because you're just diagnosed and you need to collect some information, but slow and steady, learn what's out there. So the first one is, you know, uh, empower, you know, feel more empowered to do with your health, strengthen your immune system by changing your diet. Now, what we, and again, in the first book, 
it was radically changing your diet. That means no meat, no dairy, no sugar, and limited wheats. Now I did that. And within six to eight months, I lost like 38 pounds, right? Not because of leukemia, just because I was just eating really super clean, whole food, plant-based. And I started immediately feeling better. My, the, the progression of leukemia actually stabilized for almost four years by doing these healing factors. At the, you know, and then you want to strengthen your immune system. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's key with these 10 healing factors. That's exactly what they do. Identify your strongest reasons for living. A lot of the cancer patients and the survivors, they had reasons to live. They weren't giving up. Now, that doesn't mean they were fighting. And also we think we'll hear about fighting cancer or be a warrior in cancer. Not really the approach that serves you well. Fighting is, is, is stressful, right? So as we discussed the other night, we were talking about, uh, right. Anything that, uh, you know, you fight weakens you, but what you're for will empower you and give you that extra, that extra advantage. Correct. Yes. So strengthening your immune system by not fighting it, but by accepting it, but don't, you know, roll over, but just accepting it. Okay. I got to deal with this and empower yourself and move forward. So access and strengthening your intuition, following your intuition is really key. Like go with your gut feeling, you know, your gut feeling. There's a lot about, you know, intuition and your, you know, Hey, I have a gut feeling about this. Well, guess what? There's a lot of, you know, cells in your gut area that resemble your, your brain cells, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Second brain is if you will. And then, you know, so follow your intuition, releasing suppressed emotions from the past. It means you like fear, guilt, resentment, things like that. Uh, and so what was interesting about this healing factor is being a man, okay, and not releasing my and showing my emotions. Well, that's got to change. If you're a man and you're holding that in, or if you're a woman and you're holding, you know, your, your emotions inside, that does not serve you well. So you have to kind of come clean with that and, and go through some, some exercises and things and, and tools to release your suppressed emotions. Increase positive emotions. Well, there's plenty of things out there. You could do that. Um, Supplements and uh, including more supplements and herbs into your, you know, your nutritional regime. Mm -hmm. Now you got to be careful because a lot of supplements and, and, and especially herbs are very powerful. So this is one of those times where you really want to get a nutritionist on your team, talk to your doctor about that. Um, And then you can go down that, that road, accept love and support from others. Again, going back to men, listen to this one because the guys have a hard time accepting and I know I did, but I'll tell you what, you know, it wasn't entirely a bad thing getting a diagnosis of cancer because my life changed at that point. I started to look at things way differently, way differently. And I started to accept love and I started to accept support from other people instead of me doing everything. You cannot do this alone. I knew a woman who... I, well, two days before she passed away, I learned that she had cancer. And this is somebody I knew fairly well. She kept it to herself yeah. and she died. And I was very upset about that because at that point I had been going through this and I'd known about this and I felt like I could have shared some resources with her, but you know, she chose to do it alone. And I don't personally, that's not what I believe in. I, I think that, you know, and, and Danny, we, we talked about this too the other night too. tell everybody, right? Yeah. Like if you exactly. tell people what happened to me, is I was telling people what I was going through and I was getting information and I, I was being brought to other circles that I had not yet checked, traveled in, you know, I was meeting people, they were sharing resources and I was just, you know, kind of 
absorbing it all in. And it was, it was great. It worked out great. I did not keep this, my diagnosis to myself. Yeah. Um, because think about it too, John, you know, like the more that we suppress, like this, this like has to be released in so many ways, obviously, but to suppress, especially when most of society, when they hear these words, it's, it's, it's like viewed as nothing short of, uh, of a death sentence. Now that's something that, how do you just internalize that and then just keep that in? So you're just, it just stays bottled in like that. No, man, there has to be a release. Like John, I feel so good when I speak to you, like I've been telling you, like with this girl who I had on my, uh, like as my last guest, she, I, I was telling you about Lisa did this Chio session on me last night. She's on my team. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm sharing it. I'm, I'm putting it out there. Like, as we discussed, but boy, to suppress that. One of the quotes that I got from the, I, a uh, recent story in Radical Hope was that a person said, uh, passive patients uh, die, noisy patients survive. You know, right. think about right. it. Yeah. Right? Well, because they, they, what did they do? They, they, they took control of their situation. They asked more questions to the doctors. They just, you can't, I don't know. Again, this is just me speaking. Okay. You, I don't think you could just sit and just be idle and just listen to anything that the doctor says blindly without questioning it or looking for alternative things that you could do. Well, in my case, while I was waiting, so the cancer can progress. And then eventually, I mean, my oncologist just said, no, there's really nothing else you can do when your numbers go down low enough. You'll, um, you know, here's your two options in chemotherapy. And at that point, I looked at him and I was like, really? Is that is that all he has? Like, I understand the lane that they have yeah, to stay in. I get that, man. That's upsetting. But really? it was upsetting to me at that point. And then I went to this cancer center for four years and I was grateful to have them, you know, do my blood work and look and see what I was doing and meet with them and discuss what my options were at the time. Eventually, he just said, well, you're doing pretty good. Don't let's let's do the yearly visit and it's just, we'll just take blood work. That's how well it was working for me. But when I was going to the center, I would sit in a waiting room and I would watch other patients who were way worse than me, who did not look good, walking in with walkers and bandanas on, you know, like having help brought in. And I just said, wow, they could be sharing information with that. And I just wish that, you know, someday we're not there, but I hope someday the, you know, the traditional medical arena will also offer more complimentary. They have some now and what's there is good, but there's a whole lot more out there that they could really share with patients. And I, and I hope someday it goes that way. I really and do. And if it's not that, John, I, I loved what you told me the other day, you know, like when I first told you about that, um, I got, you know, how, how that last, specialist that I went to diagnosed me and he just spit out his, his, uh, his like treatments of radiation of chemo and of uh, a potential feeding tube because my mouth would be and throat would be obliterated where I probably wouldn't be able to eat. So now like in your point was like, all right, could you have maybe said something else? Like, all right, that's what I'm suggesting with that said, take some time breathe sit with this for a little bit like john even if even if it was just something along the anything. passionate lines like anything that, be humane a little bit you know really think about what you're telling the person sitting in that chair it's not you it's that person in the chair so you're 
So you're scaring the hell out of this person, being a man or a woman. So at least maybe try to try to cover it up a little bit. Give us something, you know, like what you said. Hey, say, say, listen, there's a lot of options out there. Just take your time. You want to do some research. You know what I mean? Breathe with it. I know it's a lot. You know, just have some compassion. I didn't sense that at all, man. Not at all. No, they, a lot of them stay in their lane. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, for me, the nutrition was one of the first things I, I did. I was able to do it. Like, remember earlier, I just said, get into action. Well, my action step was change my way of eating. And I did. And, but nobody told me to do that on a yeah. medical arena. They just, I just did it because, okay, there was something I read and it was something that made sense. Food that's what you like said to yourself, like you told me, you said, I know I can do this. This I can do. I, I can, can do go this to a right store now. And I could go to, you know, and I could go to a Whole Foods and a trader and I could buy proper foods for me to ingest. I know I can do this. Right now. Right Tonight, now. Exactly. I can go and change all that. And, and you know what? Yes. The nutritional part of this is extremely complicated, but. If you keep it simple, like whole food, plant-based, you know, nothing in a bag, box or can, you know, you know, all organic. So you want to eliminate some, you know, environmental stuff that possibly could be on your foods. You don't want to put that in your body. I mean, if you keep it simple, right, then you could start tonight and you could do your homework and research and then find a, a eating plan for you. But mm -hmm. food is medicine. And that really helped me enormously. So the last factor that Dr. Turner included in her second book called Radical Hope was exercise. And, you know, I mean, again, it, it was here like, oh, exercise, it keeps you healthy. Well, there's a lot of science, a lot of science besides behind exercise that, you know, which will help. And so even with cancer patients who really don't have a lot of energy or are going through chemotherapy, and by the way, even during chemotherapy, you can still exercise. Not I'm not talking about going to the gym and lifting, you know, 150 pounds or 400 pounds. I'm talking about just walk, move. Some people who are, you know, almost borderline bedridden, move their arm, do something, get their lymphatic drainage system going, move their body so that they're, you know, they feel that so they can have those, you know, healing uh, uh, hormones that are going through that in order to produce when you start to work out and exercise and then increase your exercise. So exercise was included in the, in the follow-up book called Radical Hope. Mm -hmm. And I started to exercise the same, you know, same way, little by little, you know, I started to come back. And so two years ago, for example, uh, my weight was around 160 and now about 190. So it took two years to, you know, climb out of that, that place that I was in and get back to it. But there's, there's hope, right? And always we talk about hope is just huge, right? And, um, but there's hope for you. There's hope for everyone. Um, you just have to make a plan and do it. So as, as I said earlier, getting cancer was not, or getting a diagnosis of cancer was not entirely a bad thing. I met a lot of people. I learned a lot. I think I'm far better off, you know, from it. I learned so much. And one big thing too, that I learned, and I, and I want to share this because this is really important is when you get a diagnosis of cancer, you have to reflect and say, well, is there something that I did? Not that you want to make yourself feel bad or guilty, but I kind of reflected on how did this happen? And for about three years before the diagnosis, I was really stressed out of my mind. I think this is just me again, that the stress caused a lot of it because what happens when your body is stressed, Danny, you know, right? Oh, 
you you're stressed like you're like going to it like a tight a a, like a tightness right everything like your whole being your spirit tightens up everything and you're you know what your immune system is compromised when you're stressed you cannot heal when you're in a place of healing and rest and peace and joy and happiness you can heal your body produces different hormones when that happens it produces different hormones when you know you're you're fight and flight mode right when you need you need those stress hormones when you want to get out of danger but they can't be chronic if they're chronic then you know you may compromise your immune system enough that something will manifest in your body and for me i think it was a lot of it was stress could have been environmental it could have been something i've been eating or exposed to over the years it could have been but i think at that time that point in my life you know i'm looking at that stress really did a lot so what i learned a lot is how to de-stress how to balance your life right i no longer could be that stressed and survive i knew that that i had to make some changes so get again getting and i'm like hoping like along those lines john because you know like i as I've told you, I feel that my biggest culprit was uh, and has been up until this time has been my inability to corral and harness my own fears that I let get the best of me and run with me. And uh, I know it's not good. I, I, I struggle with it. Uh, but I think this has been my like wake up call to to learn how to like control it. And honestly, even with this diagnosis laying over my head, I I feel like I've already gotten to a point where I'm I'm kind of getting I'm kind of getting there to be like fearless per se, and not to have fear be a, like a like such a driving portion of my life, because I don't want it. Well, that that's good that you recognize that, but that takes a little time, right? Yeah. Because you kind of have to unwind that that feeling of fear that sometimes you don't even know you have, right? It's it's kind of again going back to suppressed emotions. So you know. Uh, my daughter gave me a like a little plaque that she made and it said hope um, the only thing stronger than fear and so having hope is great but hope is ultimately not a strategy and that's talking about fear that's what I think helped me get over the fear is having an action plan like doing things getting into motion about your your situation and because I was reading almost, through your your notes, John, too, and I and I remember seeing, I actually wrote it down. It's one of the things to like to come out of fear and and into hope, as you said, right? Yes, uh, you know, but but what gets you hope is up here in your head, right? You can you can think it, you can dream it, you can see it, um, but you have to do the work. Now, your life will change when you have a diagnosis. It has to, or if you want to survive, right? And most of us do. I don't see too many people getting a diagnosis and saying, okay, I'm good. I'm trying to check out. That's not the way it works. Yeah. But that action plan is just so important. And so that's what I, I kind of do. I, I have a, a bunch of action steps that I, I've done. I've actually, uh, hopefully we could talk about a little bit, some of those things you can do tonight. Um, but, you know, I got out of the fear by, you know, call it a distraction, but I was into action, changing my diet, exercising, increasing my social support, right? Which is another healing factor. That's huge. Like they even do st- statistics on people who, who die um, more frequently because they do, do not have the social support around them. And patients who do, the survival rate goes up. Just that alone. And, I don't, and sometimes it doesn't mean that you have to have a person in your life. It could be a pet. 
and having something sure. to hold, you know, to sure. hold on to, to, you know, to, you know, be with and to support you, all of that. And these healing factors, you know, I am so grateful that the hematologist actually provided the, the introduction to the book. And, and I got a chance. It was really kind of cool because I went up to Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, and took Dr. Turner's class about the book. And then later on, wow, I went and took her cool training. Man. Oh, it was great. It was just I was in a room with 120 other cancer patients and we, we spent the weekend together and we talked and it was connecting. It was just an incredible experience. And, and then I went back to Omega a year later and took her, um, her training course. And that's how I got certified to train to teach the book about radical remission. So one of the coolest things I did too, talking about the nutritional side is I started a garden in my backyard and I was growing, oh, I was growing a lot of vegetables. Talk about organic, right? So that was really helpful. Um, yeah, that was, that was great because I was not a gardener before then. And now I consider myself, no, not bad. I still have a lot to learn. I, and here's the cool thing about some of these healing factors. Okay. You start a garden, right? It's a, it's nutritional, right? It's Mm -hmm. about eating, eating food, but you're also meditating when you're out, when I'm out in my garden, I, yeah, sometimes I put on that straw hat and I go out in the summer, you know, and I'll, I'll dig in the dirt. It is, I am in the zone, right? Yeah. So you can, you could kind of uh, piggyback off these healing factors. Like, you know, all right, it's gardening and it's meditation. If you do it with a friend, it's social support, right? Exercise. If you go with the friend, it's social support and it's exercise. And if you go for a walk in nature, in the woods, it's, it's meditation, Right. Meditation comes in different forms. It doesn't mean that you have to sit there with yeah, you know eyes closed not. or cross your fingers like this. You can do it any way you want, you know. And the other thing that was really kind of cool that happened to me, and not happened to me, but was presented to me, was uh, I had a friend of mine at the time um, was asking me get, to go to a spirituality center, and I wasn't really that interested at first. And I was reluctant to go just, you know, I was in my head and I just, you know, it was the first six months of my diagnosis. And finally I went and it was like no other experience I've had. I'm sitting in the spirituality center. It was, it was talk about oneness. You know, it was, you know, non-denominational. It was all about love and happiness and, and being together as one. And, um, and I sat there and I was listening to the Reverend and I broke down in tears and I had to leave the room because it was like, she was talking to me. At yep. that exact time, it was no accident why I was in it that was, room. It was it no was accident all for you. It was all for me. And at least that's how I thought of it. But it was of at course, that time, supposed to. I went back into the room and I, you know, I got my composure. I said, well, and I, I've been going ever since. Yeah. Uh, it was just an amazing experience for me. You know, because I wanted to ask you too, like along those lines, uh, obviously, you know, like you put so much time and effort into building your team, building your support system building your plan in place and stuff like that. That was, that was some obviously because of, of my moniker here is that one that's got, I wanted to, I want, I wanted you to really, you know, like tell us like how you developed more from a, from a spiritual standpoint throughout this. Cause I'm, I, I can tell that it already did. It did. I mean, the, the spiritual side, you know, I, I mean, it was also nice that when you go down that spirituality road, um, you are with others who, you know, think the same way as you do, support you, understand you, do not judge you. And so that was a very comforting um, feeling. And it was a comforting place to be at that time. And whether you're going through 
cancer or chronic illness or anything. It's just the spirituality side of that. I think it's just great for, for many people. It just, it has a, has a, a huge place in, in everyone's life. Um, you know, I mean, again, the meditation was big, but the meditation could be combined with, with spirituality as, as a big component of that as well in there. And those are some of the things that I did. I started to meditate. I started to, you know, the, you know, the frequent the spirituality center. I was hanging out with people that had were like-minded and were supportive. And the other thing I did, and this goes to everybody out there, if you have some toxic people in your life, they have to go. They have to go. And guess what? Some of the people in your life right now are your good friends or maybe even family members, and they will start suggesting things. Now, I guess their intentions are good. You know, but the road, you know, the road to hell was paved with great intentions, but they will tell you what to do and you have to follow. That's where you have to rely on some of the radical remission. Those, these healing factors following your intuition is what this person's saying good for you. Or is it just because they yeah. think you should not opt into chemo or you should opt into chemo before you want to try anything holistic? Mm -hmm. So, you know, at that point you have to make, you have to make some decisions with your diagnosis. And yes, there's a lot of decisions to be made. But I'll tell you, um, because I've, I've obviously been experiencing that too, because now, you know, like the more that the word about my own story gets out there, uh, I'd have to say it's probably about 80% to 20%, 80% being like the people who are just like, Danny, we know you, we know how strong you are spiritually, and you're going to find your way through this. That's 80%. But there's still like, the, you know, like, like the 20% who is maybe not doubting John, you know, from my original route here, but uh, has has major concerns with it because of case studies and this and that. And, you know, but again, it it still comes back to that they're not me. You know what I mean? This is how they, they might face this. And, you know, like, and that's fine. And, and I think just as like, you've been with me as, as people, as family and friends, because this like word cancer is so prevalent now, like in our society, it's bound to hit pretty much every family at, at, you know, at like some point in time, if you have siblings, kids somewhere, it's, it, it's popping up. So, you know, people have to have their their own, you know, ideas about it, their own feelings about it and, uh, you know, their own plans. Their yes, own plans. It's, it is customized. It has to be yeah. customized to you. You know, it, it's interesting because, you know, with the, going back a little bit to the spirituality and it what was important to me is I was able to embrace my feelings and emotions more. I started to realize that I had there was a lot more depth to me than I originally thought. Mm. And, and it's interesting because out of the 10 healing factors, seven of them are dealing with emotions and feelings, right? So, and you know, the other three are exercise, nutrition, supplements, and herbs, right? Uh, changing diet rather nutritional. Think about it. Which yeah. is interesting yeah. because look at you, Danny, you're an emotional, you're an emotional guy, you know, you know, the one, this guy, right. You, yeah. you believe in those things. The other thing too, is the power of belief is so strong. Mm -hmm. Like you can't go into a diagnosis and believe that. And again, remaining, going back to that fear, if you start to believe that you, you know, there's a possibility I could die here. Well, even if you look at some of the statistics in your particular case or your particular cancer, all right, well, 
there's a certain amount of people that survive, right? Why can't you be one of them? So you have to get it in your head that you're, you know, you believe that you're going to get through this okay and be better for it, but you have to actually see it in your head. You have to yeah. vision it. That's what you were talking the other day about like that visualizing, you know, um, as you mentioned, like to visualize my, my life with my wife, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road from now. Exactly. Where, where we'll be. And that's, 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 those are all positive, you know, affirmations. If you think about it, you have to visualize, you have to think of like what your future is going to be like. In fact, that's the only way that we really have growth in our lives, John, is because if we stay stagnant, obviously we are constantly in motion. The world is constantly in motion. The universe is constantly in motion. If our minds and our thought process doesn't reflect that, if we don't have that growth, if we don't have that incentive to look forward, then we're, you know, going backwards or staying stagnant and there's, then there's no growth. So there are, you know, for me, what I, what I learned over the years is I started to, because I started to tell my story and, and to others, they introduced me to just a, an unbelievable amount of resources. And, and, and not only that is the resources that I discovered on my own. So we're talking about the power of belief and feelings, right? There is a, a great um, documentary on Netflix called Heal. Yes. And Can't that's, wait to watch it. I and, saw the trailer. Of I that shared, episode. right. That's so, it looks so cool. It's, it's pretty incredible. I, I have a, you know, I, I, Danny, you have some of the resources that I shared with you. I'd love for you to take that list and maybe clean it up a little bit because I just my notes and share that with some of your listeners, because there are a bunch of uh, resources that you can start to tap into like books and, and documentaries and, you know, real stuff that, you know, science-based too. Um, that's what I started to do. I started to listen to you know, these documentaries and read more and learn and start to apply the things that I thought you can't try everything. You don't have enough time for that. And it's, and, and frankly, some of the things out there might not be for you. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing I learned too, is, you know, some of the, uh, the insurance insurance doesn't pay for a lot of the alternative yeah, that too. So that, you know, then what do you do with that? Plans. Exactly. You know, but you know, you have to look at it and make a decision. How much money are you going to spend out of your pocket? How much can you afford, right? How much will be covered by insurance? Yeah. And then there's a lot of things that don't cost money, like going for a walk and hitting like meditation and exercise doesn't cost a thing except your time. It costs a thing to no, quiet so, the mind, to like take those actual measures for yourself. Yeah. Read a book, right. as my wife just said behind me. Yeah. 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 Right. We'll read a Think book and yeah. spend some time you know, and learn and then start to implement. But even like a lot of people say, oh, I can't go organic because it's too much, it's too much money. Well, guess what? When you're eliminating food, that's not good for you. All the processed foods and some of the meats, things like that, that might have hormones in them and things, all that kind of stuff. You are not spending money on those things anymore. You're spending money on really healthy, organic, whole foods. Um, and that's, that's, so for me, it didn't cost me any more money to go organic. I just eliminated some stuff that I used some to buy. Some of the buy. other stuff that I used to buy. Yeah, of course. And another thing too about, you know, I know we're bouncing around a little bit. That's why it's conversational, right? Fine, so, fine. No um, problem. In a nutritional category, I was doing a lot of blending and smoothies in the beginning, and I was yeah. doing mostly raw, mostly raw. And, and the reason why is because I was getting the most amount of nutrition. I was drinking my vegetables that way. Yeah. I mean, I would eat, of course, too. 
but I was probably doing about 80% raw in a blender. I got a Vitamix, you know, really good blender. How were your results from that, John? They were great. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I mean, some people might have issues, you know, their stomach mm -hmm. and stuff because now you're changing your diets, right? Changing your pattern. And you have to gauge yourself whether you could do that slowly or you could just jump right in like tomorrow. And I didn't really have that much of an issue with it, mm. you know. And the other thing, too, nutrition along with that is intermittent fasting. And you really have to pay attention to gut health as well. If you take care of your gut, you know, your immune system will be strengthened. Yeah. So if you're, you know, if you're on medication or if you're drinking and things like that and you're doing things that are just destroying your gut flora, you're not helping yourself out. So again, in the category of resources, get some books. Again, I have some resources that I shared um, on gut health, intermittent fasting, you know, um, and then there's a lot of talk about the keto diet too, things like that. But, you know, and the keto diets are all over the place. But if you look at healthy fats, lower carbs, and why are we doing lower carbs? Because too many carbs are actually increasing your glucose and insulin, which really doesn't help your cancer too much. So there's a whole theory about keto on that, but healthy yeah. fats, not like, you know, getting up and slamming down a pound of bacon. Not that there's anything wrong with not that. There's anything but... wrong with that. I almost pulled a Seinfeld line there, right? Now there's anything wrong with that. No, just as a disclaimer, but it's not something that yeah. I would do, but you know, healthy fats, you know, and there's all of this exists in books and from people who have done this over a period of years. So it's not, you know, some secrets you can, you can learn on your own what exactly heating, uh, eating methods, diets you want to do. Wow. And it's all about boosting your immune system it's and strengthening. Yeah. I wanted to touch back to on, um, you know, like how you mentioned feelings and, and, and versus, you know, like how you feel. I've always come from the premise that like, what's more important, John, what you, how you feel or what, you know, as I told you, my, my guru throughout my whole uh, spiritual journey has been, has been Dr. Wayne Dyer. And, and he said like, yeah, it's good. like whenever he was asked that question, what's more important, what you know, or like how you feel, most people like in his audience would say, oh, what you know, because you can be educated and you can do this and that. He says, all right, try and take a test if you don't feel good. Try and take a test after your mom dies. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Everything comes back to how we feel. And that resonates with our bodies and especially through our energies. We are we are beings of energy. As my listeners know, I, I tout all the time. Uh, I mentioned before we went on the air about my Chio session last night, the energy that I felt with that um, as I'm, as I'm starting to go day by day through this new journey of mine, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling more like I'm being receptive to things that I, I have not been in the past, which is something that you told me about on one of our first conversations. I'm going to start to recognize things that were just like on a, on a regular day, John, just might pass me by. But now they have more meaning to me now. I don't know why, but it's all stemming from, you know, good feelings and what I should be feeling. The one thing that I have gained over the years is that I know when I have a good thought versus when I'm not having a good thought. You know, and even though, like I alluded to earlier, I do have fearful thoughts and now I'm, I'm, I'm honing in on that. I have come to a place in my life where I can put the brakes on more. So, you know, I don't I don't look to judge people anymore like the way I did when I was a kid and, and, and younger and stuff like that. Everything, folks, everything comes back to what we think in turns turns into how we feel 
how we feel dictates what we manifest in our lives. It's a cycle. It goes only one way. Your thoughts become your feelings. Your feelings become your vibrations. Your vibrations are what you manifest into your life. This is your world. We're just, we're just players. We're just the extras. But like for you, John, this is your life. This is your world. Your being. Same, same with me. So for people not to give credence into their feelings is, is a disservice, especially ones like, you know, you're in remission. And uh, I know that one day soon I'll be uttering those same words. Yes, you will. So we know the kind of world that we're living in right now. It is you're yeah. on a, you're on a treadmill, right? Every day. And it's stressful. And that's when you actually have to slow down. There was a time in my life that I was kind of like emotionless. I was like emotion neutral, right? Where I was going, I was going through all this stuff, right? Even before a diagnosis. And it's amazing how you have to, you have to awaken, right? And by awakening, you have to be in the moment. You have to live in the moment, not thinking about what I'm going to do tomorrow exactly. or worry about the past. If you're living in the past, it's going to be really difficult to heal Very because difficult. you're living in the past and past events. And you're thinking about things that you didn't do right. Or I was, Oh, this or that, or the other thing. No, get out of that. God, live in the moment. Over. We only have right now. Yeah. And it could be something simple as like getting up on a Sunday morning or every morning for any morning for that matter, and making yourself a cup of tea or coffee and being in the moment and looking out a window and just focusing on that moment alone. And make more moments like that during yep. your day. Yes, we have to drive to work or get online and go to work and stuff. And you're focused on that. Yes. But it's important to slow down that that kind of treadmill pace and mm. be on the hamster wheel in and order it's to sad how usually, you know, for most people to get to that point where they do start to notice the little things, as they say, in life that are that are so uh, important. But it usually takes something, you know, bad to like almost make us stop, you know what I mean? And, and stop and smell the roses, as they say, right? There's this whole bunch of sayings about it, but it's sad that we have to get driven to this point. Most of society before we say, all right, wait a second, you know, there's, there's, there's beauty out there, you know, and that's not a bad thing for us to recognize it, but it would be so nice if it didn't always take something so dire or so dark. Yeah. Uh, you know, but that's, that's what a lot of us do. That's what yeah. I did too. It took, it took a, you know, two by four over my head with a diagnosis to say, okay, there's more to life than what I was doing. Yeah. But I mean, you can look at a diagnosis that way too, is it's, it's, it's the universe saying it's time for you to yeah. check out your life. Exactly. What are you doing and how could you change? It's time to change. Yeah. And, and John, if that's what you have yeah. to do. I've always said too, uh, you know, like my listeners know there are no accidents in a perfect universe. You know, and in like oneness, we we like practice uh, acceptance. Now, acceptance doesn't mean that you necessarily agree with, with like what's going on in the world because there's a lot of darkness in the world. Acceptance means that you see it through the eyes of oneness is how I like to term it. You know, because I don't necessarily yeah. have to agree with everything, but I will I will not judge it. I will look at it. I like to say through the eyes of oneness. So I accept it for what it is. That alone has helped me relieve so much stress out of my life over the years. Just having that one word, acceptance, you know, I always say life 
just is. People think it's right or wrong. No, that implies judgment. I say life just is, period. Leave it at that. Yeah, there's a there's a um, a quote that I'm going to read. It's in about cancer. So cancer is about a journey to teach us many things about ourselves. It really forces us to examine how we are living, how to be and discover wow. who we really are. And that is by an energy healer by uh, Danita Saleta. Oh, and nice. and and if you take a look at that and you kind of unpack that sentence and what it really means is okay, like you have to examine. You don't again. You said it before. You don't have to get a diagnosis to examine how you're living. Yeah. You know, take a look at it now. Is this making you happy? Is that making you happy? Of all the stuff you own making you happy, of all the countless hours that you're putting in, you know, sometimes you just have to say, let's examine this. Um, I want to examine my life and see if this is really what I want to be doing. Yeah. And I know sometimes, you know, you got bills to pay and things like that. But again, if you don't like what you're doing, make the plan to get out of it, right? Before you get a diagnosis and then it's going to blow up. Yeah. And then trust me, you will examine your life after you get a diagnosis, but you don't have to wait. So, you know, you know, the, this journey called cancer, it's, it's a process and it takes yeah. time, you know, and, but it's here it, for a reason. You know what I mean? And it, and it like showed up in your life, showed up in, in, in my life, you know, would I have rather it not, uh, right now I would, I would, I would probably still say, I wish it didn't, but as I go through this journey, like, you know, like after experiencing what I did last night in that Chio session and what I know I'm going to experience going forward with, you know, just speaking with you and, and all the other love and positive people who like, who are coming to my life. It's a blessing, you know? Yeah. It, and, I'm, it, and, and I'm starting to sense that because like what you told me, like, you know, this is going to help, you know, define me to a degree later on because i'm going to use this as as a way to reach more people and and more and more and importantly to help more people you know when you get a diagnosis of cancer you have a choice it'll either it'll it, it can bring out the worst in you or it can bring out the best in you and yeah. i have a funny feeling daniel like you know like you and me like i think it brought out the best you know because we want to help people we want to improve ourselves because if we improve us, then we help others. Exactly. And, you know, and when it goes around, comes around. And lots of people in my life, I'm so grateful that I've had many, many friends, my friends and my family. They've always helped me along the way. I help them as much as I can. And that, that feels good. And yeah. so the more good uh, feelings right. you can have in your life, the better. And, that, right? and again, you know, I, that's, that's the whole thing. If we can focus on, like you mentioned now about living in the moment, live in the now, feel good right now. Don't be thinking too far. You know what I mean? Take advantage of this moment right now. That's been my biggest advocate as I, on my you know initial phase of this journey. Like I'm really focusing on like any, any given moment, if I'm at school with my kids or like if I'm in the car and I'm, and, and, and I'm listening to Kelly Turner's book, or talking to you or talking to someone else, you know, like, well, I'm just focusing on the positivity that's like in my life now. And it's, uh, it's inspiring to say the least, John, it really is. It's inspiring. Yeah, it really is. But those, again, those resources like radical remission, you know, the radical remission project, um, yeah. by the way, you could just look that up radical remission project. Yeah. And find all the information. Oh, I'm going to be posting everything, you know, like I said here, this, this like podcast is going to be out in the podcast world for people to listen to, but I'm also going to share the YouTube version of this, where, as you see right here below our screen, we're going to have 
I'm going to be putting stuff all down here at like every time you say something or a book or a reference. Um, I like to highlight everything. So that gives people more visual. I flash things in and, uh, you know, have captions, et cetera. But um, so, so listen, I would like to right now, um, I want to do uh, something that I've been, I've been uh, doing with my guests on, on my podcast. And I have to include you with this as well, too. Rut row. Rut row. <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, oh, it's, it's a question. It's just a simple question. Uh, but it's John. And here's the beauty of it. Everyone has their own spin on it. And what I plan on doing is maybe after about two or three more of these answers, I'm going to compile everyone's answers. And I'm going to make one hell of a cool video out of it. Oh, cool. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question. You can answer it as simply or as lengthy as you want. It doesn't make a difference, but I just want your, your heart. All right. You ready? As I'm ever going to be. The question is this, John. The question is this. Why oneness? Because that's all there is. <laughs> We are connected on every level right. in this universe. We are not, we are, we're together, whether it's on this planet or in the energy that's all around us. Right. And, and we are not compartmentalized, although we might be on different towns, different places. We are all connected. We are all connected. And if everyone would just get, get their hands around that, that's my, that's my mantra. That's, that's like my objective is uh, there's been too much separation that started millennia ago. That's a whole book's worth, uh, but it's still in place and it's still in place for one reason, because we as, 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 as species, we as this race, the human race, we mostly believe that we are separate from one another and separate from your source or your God, whatever you want to call that. That, that entity. We feel that we're not attainable of it. We feel that we're not one with it. And it's that separateness that just divides us and it keeps religions in place that this is the right way you should think. This is the wrong way you should think. It mm -hmm. keeps greed in place. It keeps so many factors that uh, really hamper our, 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 our lives, our lives here. But separation is, is big. But yeah, we are all one brother. You, you know that. Yeah. So I'll give you a, just an expand on that in my professional work is, sure. you know, I work as, you know, the sustainability specialist at for New Jersey school boards association. And I've been in that field for a long time and take a look at our planet. Like we know that people are kind of trashing our planet in a big way with yeah. their climate change. We got all these, these not so good things happening. We're destroying ecosystems. We are connected to those ecosystems. So if we're all not, we're all in this together, that means not just means people, about, yeah. but, but places, ecosystems and the species that live there. And once we start to disrespect those things, just like we disrespect each other at times, okay, sometimes big time, mm -hmm. um, it breaks down, something is disconnected. And when we start to break down, you know, again, I'll use sustainability or, and ecosystems, when we break those things down, yeah. it comes back because it's not a natural process. Yeah. We have to be smarter that's about on the, the way macro that it, version of, of, of it all. Right. Right. Of, of right. Course, but it has to be sustainable. We have to be able to understand that we are one, obviously with this, this, this house of ours, this, this planet, this blue sphere is, and you know, cause I like to call it hurtling through space at, at dizzying speeds. We are a, one with this. It's a gift. 
This is yeah. a gift to us and how we treat each other and how we treat the gift that we reside on is totally in our hands. Yeah, it is. So brother, do me a favor. Um, if people would like to reach out to you and I have a very strong feeling that they will, John, uh, um, how would you like, is there a way for people to contact you or is there any, you know, links, sites or anything that, that you'd like to share that I can also highlight again here on this, on this version. I'll also put in the description page of the podcast itself. If someone wants to contact you, how, how can they, in other words, it's given, you can provide my email. Okay. Okay. You know, the Henry John 37 at gmail.com. Okay. And you can post that. Sure. You know, please reach out. Um, provide some resources or specific questions. That's I mean, we only, we only, you know, just really touch the, the surface of what oh, can yeah, be done. Of course, of course. There's a lot more uh, resources that are out there and a lot more conversations that can be had, but you know, it was good to just, you know, just kind of free flow with talk tonight and, you know, tell my story a little bit and, you know, and now, you know, you're on your journey as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you're putting together your team and, your non-negotiables and things like that. Yeah. And, and you're a part and, of it, brother. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And, and I always tell people like, you know, the first step is to make a commitment that you want to live and you want to heal. Yeah. Right. And then yeah, you start to look are. at what are the things that you need to do, reflect on what you've, what you, you know, may have caused this and why you're in this situation and change some things up, yeah. you know, and then move forward with your action plan. Absolutely. But, um, uh, John, listen, man, um, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, you know, like you're my brother, man. I appreciate it. I'm, I, Ditto. again, I am so very blessed to have you in my corner. Uh, I, I love you. I thank you. Uh, it's been, it's been awesome, man. But, uh, really, you know, please thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. what you do. But, uh, love you, love you too, Danny and your whole family. Nah, they're, they're wonderful. I, Frank, Frankie too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll <laughs> include Frank. I haven't seen him. In exactly. A while. He's, he, Coach Frankie, he, he's going to be watching this. Oh, so uh, with that said, my friends, uh, I want to thank you again for listening to the podcast that I'm calling That Oneness Guy. This has been episode number 38, an interview with Radical Remission certified instructor and my dear friend, John Henry. If you've liked what you've been listening to, please take a moment to subscribe to this feed. You can find That Oneness Guy on any and all of your favorite podcasting sites and apps. For my YouTube friends, I ask you to please subscribe to my channel. You'll find the link right here. Subscribe. And that includes all of my podcasts, my vlogs, and all of the many music videos, interviews, and performances. So please do subscribe. You, can, you just got to search for that one in the sky. And my social media friends, you know that I am still having, uh, I'm still active, I should say, on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Just search for that one in the sky. And my final reminder is about my, my sites. For my first book, uh, please uh, visit uh, IamGodBook.com. And uh, for all things Danny Rongo, music included, that's DannyRongo.com. And most recently, like I mentioned earlier, my podcast and everything else are on ThatOnenessGuy.com. And my latest book is The Ways of Oneness, Helping to Navigate Life, is now available in on Amazon in a Kindle version. So please, by all means, my friends, visit amazon.com and search my book and you will find it. So for now, again, my name is Danny Rongo. I am that oneness guy. Please look for my next show. And until then, as always, I send you peace, love, light, 
and continued oneness. Namaste. Thank you, Danny.